1: Hey, I'm Joe Levy, and on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so, and a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts.
2: Welcome
3: to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. no no, no no, no, no no, Joe 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 mini crush with with no no Joe mini crushion
2: mini crushin knee crush
3: I think that should be our new theme. I you know, or it should at least be like a segment theme. I don't know, I like that, Chuck, that was good. Yeah, should the mini crushes have a separate theme than the regular movie crush episodes? are people tired of the the gloomy synth? No, I don't think so. I hope not. I, like I listened to it
2: the other day, and I'm like, this really holds up. Yeah. It holds up. I'm really proud of that That's old yeah. up.
3: It's not old after a year and a half. <sighs> well, I feel good about that, Chuck. How are you doing? I'm great. Yeah? I'm as good as I was seven minutes ago when we stopped recording That's, our last yeah, well, episode. I,
2: just, I, just, I thought things maybe had taken a dive since then. <clears throat> no, I'm That's, actually really good. Because, I'm good, too.
3: You know, things are winding down for me in uh, being back in the house. I'm getting more settled. I feel like I had about an eight to ten month period of anxiety, low-level anxiety. Well, let's be honest. I've had a very low-level anxiety since uh, high school. our last presidential election. Oh, shit. Yeah. So no, there's no a, just an undercurrent of anxiety. There that, really uh, is. I think a lot of people are living with. It ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows. Yeah. Uh, but I'm getting settled back in. We got these goddamn kittens. And like I'm feeling like, all right, I've got a hold of things. Mm-hmm. We're ahead on... Movie crush by mm-hmm. like three episodes. That's great. That's like a big deal.
2: Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good too, man. I didn't, um, really, I
3: didn't ask Noel. I'm, well, well <laughs> I, now now I feel terrible. How you doing? I'm good, man. Things are good. Um, let's see. Yeah, things are good, man. I'm, I've got a lot of interesting work stuff going on, and working on some interesting projects, and obviously
2: still enjoy the hell out of doing this. And
3: how's your love life? Um, the girl I was seeing for quite some time, and I uh, broke up, and so I'm single. I'm
2: sorta of hanging out with somebody. It's 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 a uh, it's yeah.
3: I mean, I don't know. It's I'm trying not to like dive headlong into anything, but like sure. I met somebody really cool who's like a photographer and like in kind of like the local lit scene, like does like all these like, you know, literary events, like readings and stuff. Yeah. And also does like kind of performance art. It's just kind of a hustler and interesting person. And so we're just kind of chilling, hanging out, taking it easy. Uh no, I have noticed that you tend to uh not jump into like rush into things, but you're not alone much. I am a serial monogamous chuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a hopeless romantic. Are you bad alone? Nah, I don't know. I should probably do better at being alone, yeah. but I I enjoy having a partner. I'm at an age too where I am absolutely that is something that I want sure. to have, you right. know? You want to be married again? I don't, I don't
2: know if I want to be married. I don't know. Oh, maybe no. I
3: do. Maybe I do. I don't know. It's all um, about the the, per, the person, you know. I got fi- to find the right person. But um, I'm at a point, too, where I'm not going to take any bullshit, and mm-hmm. I am not going to settle. And I'm going to, like, find the thing that is right for me that's and my right. kid and, like, everything in yeah. my life, you know. Not that I'm, like, it. the end-all be-all, but I think I deserve something that's right for me. And uh, I'm going to find it, it guy. You are Noel. Hear you roar. Hear me roar. Roar. <laughs> well, thanks for getting personal.
2: You know, I'm always happy to do it. Well, you know, I like hearing these
3: stories when you've been married for 95 years. You like hearing what's uh, going on out there in the world. Yeah, there's things. There's things? There's things and stuff. (laughs) What you got today, Chuck? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Moving on. What you got for us? We are going to go, Noel, to an older uh, social studies post from a long time ago. Social studies on Movie Crush. That we haven't uh, touched on except for the one time. And that is Bad Accents. Yes. Worst accent in a movie. It's um, it's amazing to me. After all these years, you can put so much money into a film and still cast an actor who can't do the accent required. Yeah, when yeah. there are plenty of people that can. Totally, we talked about this briefly, and I'm just going to mention it really quickly. Chernobyl, they chose to avoid that pratfall by just having British actors instead of everybody trying to do a Czech accent. Right. Which I thought was an interesting choice because it took a minute to get used to, but then once you got used to it, it was. I think it was, that's it the deal. Seamless, y- you know? got to just pick your path and commit to it. Yep. Um, unless it's something really weird, like in the you know I talked about it before as well in the Tom Cruise uh, Hitler movie uh, Over uh, no. Project. Uh, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking. Whatever. about. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, he speaks German in the very beginning of the film as uh-huh. a voiceover. And it literally segues into English right. with his regular accent, uh-huh. and that was their way of just saying, like, he's German, and here's how we're going to do this.
2: Tom Cruise <laughs> doesn't really do accents,
3: does he? I don't think of him as an accent guy. I, he's not an accent guy. Yeah. Uh, I bet you he's probably not great at it. Yeah. Although, he... did he do one in Far and Away? Did he do, like, an Irish thing? Oh. I haven't seen that in a long, maybe. long time. Maybe. I know that Nicole Kidman did. Well, she did an Irish as an Aussie. I think so. I mean, you know, maybe he did do it. I think you're right. I think he did. But I haven't seen that in a long time. He, hasn't done he that sort much. of did a bit of a thing—an in interview with the vampire. It wasn't like a British accent, but it was sort of like a. I think he talked like. Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Have you ever seen Top Gun? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going ballistic. Oh, that's pretty good, Chuck. That's true. All Classic right. vampire accent. So let's talk about some of these. Let's do it. Uh, our old friend Anna Sarek says any actor doing or trying to do an Aussie accent. All right. It's true. I mean, it's a tougher one to pull off. It's a tougher one to pull off. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like in a movie where, like, a clearly non Aussie actor or actress did. I can't think of one. That Crocodile Dundee guy, he was Australian. He really was. That's the only Australian movie I can think of. You call that a knife? <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's the problem there, though. That accent was just so over the top, and his right. character was so over the top, Mr. Yeah, Australia, exactly. that it became its own kind of bad caricature, right? right. <laughs> like uh Steve Irwin's persona. Exactly. R.I.P. Exactly. Uh Jane Janeb, our oldest of friends, says Benedict uh Cumberbatch and Doctor Strange.
2: What? I don't know. So he,
3: uh, actually Debbie uh, our old friend Debbie Frangadakis says Benedict Cumberbatch in Dr. Strange. Because he's doing an American accent. She said she didn't realize till halfway through he was supposed to be American. It's not the best accent, I will say that. But I like the movie. I didn't, it didn't take me out of it, for sure. Look, Greg Girk, Benedict Cumberbatch. Really? This is a thing. I guess it's a thing. Okay. I didn't know. Hmm. It is a little, it's a little like this. It's kind of a little like. It's not great. It's <laughs> not I think about yeah, it. yeah. I just like him, and I enjoyed that movie, so I'm going to give it a pass. I agree. But, yeah. I agree. Uh, you know who does a great American accent is Kate Winslet. She's just great all around. Yeah. I'm always so impressed. There's so many British actors, especially in television, yeah. uh, who I have no idea they're British until I see him doing an interview. Right. I think a lot of people are always freaked out when you hear Christian Bale's real accent. Oh, yeah. Because it's so, like— Almost, almost Cockney, almost Cockney isn't it? British, <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" Because he rarely uses that in a movie. Tom, the kid, the the Spider Man
2: kid, Tom Holland, is
3: that his uh-huh, name? Sure, great American. Is he, accent. he's British as hell, dude. What? He is British as hell.
2: Wow. Yeah,
3: dude. Seriously. Yeah, that's one of those. He's really, really, know. really good. Yeah. Huh. I think Andrew Garfield. I didn't know for a while too mm-hmm. was British. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's always a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, ed- uh, Edward Hackett says. John Malkovich doing KGB and Rounders. And yet they keep putting him in movies where he does that same accent. <laughs> He's not bad. Fact, he is a Malkovich. <laughs> he gets a piss. Uh, Ian Cruz says, Dennis Quaid in The Big Easy. I don't remember that having a bad accent necessarily, but uh Noel is working with Dennis Quaid on some podcast in stuff. In some capacity, yes. And we're trying to get him on Movie Crush. Uh, how yeah. great would that be? It would be really great. He's a true legend. It, 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 it'll happen for another time, uh, not this this coming up trip that you're doing, but it's had to get his PR folks involved. He's a busy man. No, I get it. Amanda Dillinger, our old pal, says Matthew McConaughey in every movie ever. Well, sure, but he's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> exactly. That's how he sounds. He's yeah. fine. Uh, Janet Adams-Allman says, Everyone in The Departed... Boston people are very sensitive about their accents. They are. I mean, what about, how do they feel about goodwill hunting? I don't know. Like, as outsiders, we hear this stuff and we just think, yeah, that's what people in Boston sound like. Some of them do. Certainly not everyone on every street corner, but like. Ben and Matt, those guys were from Boston. They were. Surely they were doing an accurate accent. Doing an okay one, yeah. You would think so, right? For like Southies? Isn't that what they call them? Yeah. I don't know. Did I make that up? No. Southie. It's like a thing. Southie is a place. Right. If you're from Southie. It's a neighbor. I don't know if you're called a Southie. Oh, it's just called Southie. Yeah, like you're from Southie. Got it. But you may be that. a Southie as well. There you go. Oh, there's so many people in Boston right now. They're wrecking, so they're mad. Hard. They're literally, <laughs> they've just thrown their radio. <laughs> they're thrown the, they've are they thrown their Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> coffee onto their radio. Onto their radio. <laughs> they're also probably not listening on a radio. They could be. Oh, they might. You never know. Yeah. Uh, our old pal Parker Norris says, Don Cheadle in Ocean's Eleven. I loved his
2: accent. It's adorable.
3: A lot of people are saying... Bad accent. It's not good, but it's again, that's a campy movie. That whole movie <laughs> that funny. is it's funny. I love Don much. Because we're so in much. Bonnie. <laughs> Rubble. <laughs> Trouble.
2: <laughs> great.
3: He's one of my faves, man. Have you seen that show with him and Paul Shear? Black Friday or Black? No. It's like a stock market show it's on oh, Showtime I think, I think it takes place in the 80s um, yeah and I, and, I think I remember seeing a thing yeah that. Paul Shears in it and, and and Don Cheadle's in it and it's supposed to be good there's just too much out there and all I agree uh, Aaron Carello step says uh, Natalie Portman in the Jackie O movie I mean Jackie O had a, had a, a, a very affected a, voice very weird accent and, weird and accent.
2: I think she did a fine job
3: I think I agree with you uh, Carl Suderberg says Fargo and uh, I live in northern Minnesota. I don't know, Carl. You know, I think the problem is this, that that wasn't really – they they sort of took some liberties as far as the region, as far as the way people in Fargo would actually talk. They were more doing like a Minnesota accent kind of, you know, oh, okay, as opposed to a North Dakota accent, which would have been a little different, I'm I sure, think. Sure, it's so different. But it's also <laughs> like – stylistic it's like it's meant to they're doing that I mean the accents in that movie was almost a character that's what they're doing yeah Yeah, 100% agreed Uh, let me see here Becca Lou our old pal says Mel Gibson's horrible excuse for Scottish in Braveheart hmm okay Uh, our old buddy Jimmy Kuykendall says Leo uh, DiCaprio in Blood Diamond I never saw that did he do like a South African I think he probably yeah I didn't see that one it seemed really depressing Yeah, I didn't see it either. Uh, Our oldest of friends, uh, Gail Kuntz, The Danger Oven, says, Robert De Niro in the Cape Fear remake, definitely not the worst, but it's a mind fuck. And she mentions Leo's Blood Diamonds as as well. Uh I don't know. I mean, it's certainly not a realistic southern accent. But it was, again, I think sometimes there's just these over-the-top, you know, counselor. Right. No one talks like that. Well, I mean, what about what about Leo's accent in Django Unchained? I mean, that was super over the top, but it was great. <laughs> Where's my beautiful sister? Exactly, but but, but it's They're great. Really He's kind of doing us. a foghorn, leghorn kind of voice, it you totally know. Was. But it works. It works. Yeah. And I, I want to say again how excited I am for the new, uh, the new, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm really like, stoked about oh, can't that. Wait. Have you seen the new poster? No, it's great. I bet it is. It's very old school, as it should be. Uh, Our pal Diana Morell says Prince Caspian and Prince Caspian. I couldn't even finish the movie. I didn't watch those, which is weird because I did not read the Lord of the Rings books, yet I watched those terrible overlong films. I did read and love the Chronicles of Narnia, but I did not see those movies at all. I don't know why. I did not enjoy them. I don't think they were supposed to be very good, right? I kind of stopped. I watched the first one, Mm -hmm. and I believe I watched the second one, but I remember distinctly falling asleep during the second one, and then I did not bother seeing the rest of them. Our old pal Jack Colin Ceron says, Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born and American Hustle. Well, I think you either buy Bradley Cooper in that movie or you don't, and that affects how you enjoy that film. I bought it. I liked it. You liked it? I did. I thought it was, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really liked the music. Yeah, I like that song. Shallow is awesome, and it gets stuck in my head. Great a lot. song. Mm-hmm. Didn't like the movie though. I didn't see it. Oh, I didn't see it. Got not it. for any reason in particular. I just didn't didn't. See yeah, it. you should check it out. I it's mean, a hell of a lot better than the Christopherson Stricean Streisand. Streisand yeah. Everyone like puts it, that movie on some pedestal. Emily and I watched it after the other one. Uh, it's not very good. Got it. It's got it. It's really not a very good movie. I mean, it's okay, but no. This uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood poster is fantastic. By the way. Oh, did you bring it up? I just brought it up. Pretty sweet, really, huh? Really, really cool. Yeah, we might have to get one of those for the studio. No, really nice. Uh, Brett uh, Etherington. Any non-Australian? Okay, have some angry Aussies. Although he put a smiley face, he's not angry. Uh, Absalom Bittner. Wow, what a great name. Uh, really love Jennifer Lawrence, but her accent in Red Sparrow is awful. Uh, I saw Red Sparrow. Yeah, it's the one where she's like a spy, right? Yeah, it was she okay. Goes to spy school. Her... It definitely wasn't a great accent. And right. maybe it's just kind of hard to buy Jennifer Lawrence it, as like a Russian agent. Is it a Russian thing? I okay. think it was. I think you're right. I saw it. It was okay. Not a, not great. Not a waste of time. Uh, Matt Hurt says uh, Quentin Tarantino and Django. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. He's Australian, right? Isn't he a fake Australian? Oh, It's I real bad. in real life. Was no, like... it'd be in that movie. It's a real bad. It's <laughs> really case in bad. point, like we were talking about earlier. Uh-huh. That's There's an example right there. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. Another vote for uh, Teddy KGB and Rounders from... Jeff Johansson, uh, Mark Palumbo, Kevin Carson, Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah I that, play. that one hadn't come up yet. Long been mentioned. And I think one of the biggest problems with the Costner one, it was uh, just not consistent. He was all over the place. Is that what it was? Because I felt like he just didn't even try. But he does try sometimes, and then he goes yeah, away. And he and... will go into it, then come out of it. Yeah. And it was just not good. Very distracting. <laughs> yeah. Some things he would just say, sometimes very properly. Well, I guess that was sort of British. Robin of Loxley. Another vote for De Niro and Cape Fear from Abby Campsey. Gary Strange. I'm sorry. Gary Stange says Dr. Strange. Or Gary Stange. I'm going to say Stange. All right, let's finish this up with Allison Couch, Dick Van Dyke, and Mary Poppins. All right, so here, let's do one more. Aaron Durnan confirms. Tom Cruise in Far and Away. Hands down, no question. All the others mentioned here, pretty terrible, but Tom Cruise takes the cake. And I, I kind of wonder if he got so shit on for that well, that he decided to never do another accent again. That would be a very cruisy thing to do. It would, wouldn't just, it? Uh, I, I, I cannot know, stand criticism on that exactly, accent, if you know what I'm you know yeah. uh, <laughs> Clear it right on out. He holds those cans and they say, don't do another accent. Why put yourself through it?
0: Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball.
3: All right, Noel, we're going to move on and do a little more TV theme songing because that was a very fun segment, and it gives us a chance to sing her again. I agree. I enjoy that. Uh, And we'll start off with John Taylor Wesley with Phineas and Ferb. I oh. do not know that. Do it's, you?
2: There's 104 days of summer vacation, and school comes along just to end it. And the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend <laughs> <End>
3: it. <laughs> By the way, you got a lot of loves on our page for uh,
2: Muppet Babies.
3: <laughs> That's a happy song. It's I think a great song. People like hearing that. It's a really good song. Phineas and Ferb's a great show.
2: Yeah, it's like I've a kids. Of,
3: it's a kids show. It's on yeah. Disney or whatever. But it's like it's really smart. Sure. The whole the whole deal is like it's summer vacation. Every episode they got it like, what are we gonna do today? And like they do some crazy shit. And like the theme song, it goes, it's like like maybe building a rocket or fighting a mummy or climbing up the Eiffel Tower. I love it. It's really good. Love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexander uh, Toynman says that seventy show for sure. Is that the Who? No. Well. It's Cheap Trick oh, it's cheap Trick. On the That's show yeah, doing yeah, yeah. a cover uh-huh. of Big Star. Uh the song in the streets. That's right. Hanging out. Yep. Uh Big Star, I mean, I love Cheap Trick, trust me. That was my first concert ever, but the Big Star version is great. They're one of those bands that people just adore that I don't know well enough and I need to like get yeah. into Big Star. Yeah. Yeah. They they uh very highly influential uh ahead of their time Memphis band. Like everyone from REM to uh I mean, you Will name Coe it. and stuff. Oh I mean, yeah, like talk about big star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, another vote for Golden Girls from Tina Wright, the great Carol King song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ew.
3: Uh Let me see here. Okay, our old pal Tyler minky says not a theme song, but the Law and Order. Dun dun. You know, we co-opted that in my show, Ridiculous History, with Ben Boland. Oh, uh, yeah? Casey Pegram, who is a recurring sure. uh, fixture on this show, does a thing where he'll pipe in and, like, answer a question for us. And we call it Casey on the Case. And then we play that sound. Do you really? The and real sound? A- yeah. And we actually have T-shirts made. <laughs> Casey on the Case T-shirts with a picture of Casey during his child modeling days in a JCPenney photo shoot. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. What? I'll show it to you. It's right there on his desk out there. Casey was a child model for J.C. Penney. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do I not know this? You know, the, the, more, the more you know, Chuck. I've worked with Casey how long? For like five years? He plays it real close to the vest. We had to kind of pull it out of him. But Oh, know, wow. It didn't, he didn't just drop this on us apropos of nothing, you know? I know what I'm doing right after we record this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Casey's got a, that cute. I bet he had the cutest little baby face. I'll show you the shirt. It's yeah, amazing. It's I a could great totally see that. It's a great shirt. Oh God! I'm gonna have to get one of those. If anyone wants
2: one, you can go to tpublic.com/slash/ridiculous history.
3: Hey, there you go. Buy a shirt. We got some movie crush uh, merch too. Exactly. No, I mean... We should pitch that more off. I never. We never say it on the show. I think we would probably sell more stuff if we mentioned it on the show. Yeah, we got a few shirts. Yeah, I know. I have a. I have all of them. Do you? I do. I don't have one. Well, they gave. They, they just put them on my desk. Yeah, no one put anything on my desk. Um, well, what are you talking about? Your desk is covered in swag. Well, no, I'm not complaining, trust me. <laughs> I get stuff all the time, but I didn't get my own shirts. So ah, right. I'll true. buy them. All right. uh, Gabriel uh, Naranjo says, Adventure Time theme song. Wonderful. Wonderful show. Another good one? Oh, yeah. It's really short, too. It's
2: just, Adventure Time, come on, grab your friends. We'll go to very distant lands. <laughs> With Jake the dog and Finn the human, the fun will never end. It's Adventure Time. That's so cute.
3: It's and the of whole course, song. Parents know all these things by heart, mm-hmm. like when I was singing the PJ mask, just because you hear that shit over and over. It's amazing the, a child's ability to rewatch the same thing. I think we all have it, though. Uh, George Anderson says Cheers, all-time favorite with uh, lyrics. Making your way in the world today, Noel, takes everything you got. Wait.
2: Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Dun, dun, dun. And they're always glad you came. Dun, dun, dun. You want to know where people know where uh, troubles are uh- all the same. We want to go where everybody knows. Dun, 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 dum dun, dun. Dun, do, And cheers. That's how it ends. Yeah.
3: Except it's, it's like a hundred people in a chorus. Exactly. And
2: cheers. Exactly.
3: That's really funny. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm sorry, Chloe Barry Porter says, although I'm a, I'm a serious Xena warrior princess girl at heart, I'd probably say my favorite TV theme is Alias. Yeah, Alias had a good theme. I don't know the theme to Xena warrior princess. I don't either. I've I never, never watched I've that show. never did either. It looked great though. Oh, I've heard nothing but good things. People really yeah. dig it. Lucy Lawless. What's she doing? Great name. It has to be a stage name. I don't know. Lawless Lucy is name. Lawless. That just sounds like a badass no. name, like right Blackie there. Lawless. Totally. From, uh, exactly. Was Wasp? Uh, let me see here. West Wing theme gives me that proud to be an American feeling. That's from Holly Sloane. I didn't watch the West Wing. Uh, I mean, it's that Aaron Sorkin rapid fire walk and talk. No, oh, I know. Dialogue. It's not yeah. my thing. Yeah, no, it's not your thing. No, no. It's clever. But it's maybe a little too clever for its own good sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. My whole deal with Aaron Sorkin is just like it's so far out of the realm of how people really talk to one another yeah. that I just can't buy it. That's fair. i like some of his stuff. I like that Facebook movie. He wrote that, right? Yeah, he did. It was good. Uh, Sammy Delco says, and we had this the last time, the Fall Guy theme, and I couldn't remember what it was. The Unknown Stuntman. I remember that now. I might fall from a tall building. I might crash a brand new car. 'Cause I'm the unknown stunt man that made some a star. What is this from? Uh the, the uh Lee Majors, the Fall Guy. The
2: Fall Guy. He no, was a no.
3: stunt man, like uh what was he? Was he a detective? I mean he was a stunt it was one of those deals, stunt man by day. Um but I don't remember if he was like a detective. Oh, a bounty hunter at night. That's what he was. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. I have to check this out. This sounds like fun. Well, you know, if you like 80s shows. Yeah, it's... but it's like a Hollywood set thing. I like that. I like yeah. I like the whole Hollywood sure. detective-y vice kind of vibe. Uh, I'm, I'm the right there with you all so the way. It's a lot of fun. I love it. Uh, Joshua Hall says, True Detective Season 1. Absolutely. The Handsome Family. Everything about that. Oh, was that who that was? Mm-hmm. What song was it? It's, uh, oh, I don't remember the name of it, but it's. It's, it's not the one that uh, I sing with Hodgman at his live shows, is it? It's called Far From Any Road. Oh, no. Hodgman has me do sometimes. He does it live. And when he was in Atlanta last time, I played guitar and sang with him another handsome family song. They're I just great. I can't remember the name. They're cool. Yeah, they are good. Uh, let me see. Anthony Noir says, it's Gary Shandling's show wins hands down. Oh, that's right. That was the one that was, this is the theme to Gary's show, the theme to Gary's show. (laughs) Gary called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. I'm almost halfway finished. How do you like it so far? It's pretty good. (laughs) Man, he was one of the greats. Uh, Christy Boudreaux Hutchings goes in a slightly different direction with Jeopardy. That's a TV theme song.
2: Yeah. Great melody. Iconic. Iconic. Yeah.
3: Iconic. You know, our old pal Ken Jennings. Uh, not sure if you were following, but that guy was catching up to him. Yep. And he fell just short by about just 50, short. Grand. Oh, 50 grand. Oh, grand. $58,000 short, which is, you know, very close. I, I That's think like an episode or two. Totally. I think the interesting thing, though, um, between those two guys is, like, Ken won that amount of money, but he was on, like, twice as many episodes. Yeah, I think he, like, 77. Yeah, and this dude, yeah. like was this crazy like Vegas style oh, better yeah. where he like knew all the game theory and stuff and I think he was on yeah. like, like half that many things. I just you know hung out with Ken this past weekend at oh, Max really? fun and talked to him about that and I was like hey way to go man and he was like everyone keeps saying that I didn't do anything I was like I know you didn't do anything I said but like as your friend like I, I didn't want to, your record to be broken yeah. and I said and even if he did break the money record I was like the Ruthian record here is your 77 straight exactly it's like I don't think that'll ever be broken yeah Pretty epic. And Ken didn't want to uh, fully admit it, but I think he was I think Please. he was glad to hang yeah. on to those two. Uh-huh, for sure. Well, you know, you don't want to see someone break your record. No. Athletes are always great about it, and they're like, well, you know, if it had to be anybody, records are meant to be broken. Every single athlete wants their record to remain for all time. Of course they do. Athletes are liars, everyone. <laughs> they really are. Uh, Karma Hamadi says The Wire and oh, Peaky oh. Blinders. Peaky Blinders is is just red right hand by uh uh, Nick Cave. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know that song. It's a great. Song. I've heard that show's really good. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I haven't seen it. You know, Red Right Hand. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Red, Red Hand. <laughs> yeah, that's Isn't the is
2: that one.
3: it? No, it's like with the dusty black coat and his
2: red right
3: hand. It's got the big <laughs> bell.
2: <laughs>
3: Which is funny because I think if you did a science experiment and found the exact opposite of a Nick Cave song, it would probably be Red, Red Wine. Exactly. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, our old pal Don M. Lozano says, anyone remember the show Making It? Well, I certainly do because that show and its theme song uh, were was sung by David Naughton of An American Werewolf in London.
2: Really? Making it.
3: Yeah. Huh. Very 70s. What is Making It?
2: I'm making it. Next time in life, I'm taking it. Disco. Come on, come on.
3: Oh, very disco. Okay. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Uh, What's the show here? about? I don't remember. Probably a bunch of boys trying right. to make it with girls. Make it with girls. Or maybe it's about making it. That's what every show it, was about back then. Making it in Hollywood. Making it. Oh. Make, becoming a star. Perhaps no. Maybe you know, it wasn't sexual.
2: Maybe not. I mean,
3: I'm sure there was some elements of, you know, hanky-panky <laughs> in there somewhere. Uh, David Fleming says a few shows, but he says WKRP in Cincinnati. Uh, it's funny. The other day, a little inside story here, I started singing WKRP and Emily fully sang the whole song. And I was like, wait a minute. I know my wife pretty well, and I did not know that she was such a fan of WKRP in Cincinnati that she would know that song. And I was like, how do you know that? And she went, show choir. I was like, whoa, back that up. They did, in her show choir in high school, Noel, they did a TV theme song bit where they just did a big medley of TV theme songs and danced along with it with jazz hands and such. Nice. Making It only aired for nine episodes. That feels about right. Yeah. The song was a pretty big hit, though. It was a Gary Marshall show. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Our friend Kyle Bowen says, Venture Brothers or Bob's Burgers? Yeah,
2: they're great. Both great.
3: Yep. Venture Brothers is done... A lot of music for that show and that theme is done by the artist whose name is something... Oh, gosh. J.G. Thurwell, and he goes by Fetus. He has, like, a sort of, like, an industrial, weird, like, thing. Like, he's been doing it since, like, the late 80s and early 90s. He's mm-hmm. kind of, like, a weird kind of techno-industrial guy. Really, really interesting dude. Well, I will say that Fetus is one of the great stage names. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Really mad that was taken. Be my hotel name, too. That's a good one. I need one of
2: those. Except no one cares.
3: Uh, all right. Let's finish this up, Noel, with Anne-Marie Bermudez Medina. Great name. She says friends, and you must clap. Uh, I will say this, Anne-Marie. I'm not ashamed to admit that I have clapped before. Uh, and while I may not clap full now, when I do watch a Friends, and I do hear that, it is hard not to at least tap or do a little something. Talking about Yeah, it's really yeah. hard not to do a little something with your body to indicate the clap. Remember that song when it was, it was like I had a video? Was it the, what were they called? The Rembrandts, the Rembrandts yeah. did that song. Um, I was shooting a, a TV commercial. There's this set in uh, in LA, at like a they shot a lot of Desperate Housewives here. It's just like a suburbia, with like a couple of streets and cul-de-sacs and a bunch of fake houses. Mm-hmm. And there was a big fountain in front of them. And uh, I was shooting there one day uh, a, a Christmas commercial because the only reason I remember that is because we covered everything with snow. Uh, which is kind of the fun thing, everyone, the magic of commercials. When you see a Christmas commercial in the snow, it's probably shot in Los Angeles in the summertime. Uh, but someone looked at the fountain or t- told me about the fountain and said, there it is. I was like, what are you talking about? And just did the clap. And I went, no way. Oh, That's snap. the fucking fountain mm. right there. That's awesome. On a back lot at Warner Brothers Studios. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, dude, did you hear about that uh, fire that hit universal in the 2008 and it only just now reported that like 500,000 irreplaceable master tapes of like classic albums were like just annihilated. I did not know that. It was like so Universal Music Group owns everything from like Decca to like Blue Note, to all these oh, like sure. classic jazz labels and you know and also like um, Geffen, so they own like Nirvana and Sonic Youth and like all of this stuff was destroyed and they didn't report it. Wow! The New York Times Why, just did shame? like an I think so or embarrassment or may, I, I wonder if they even told the artists. Boy, that's rough. Um, but New York Times just came out with a big expose where like they listed everything and it was five hundred
2: thousand master tapes.
3: Wow! And the master is what you use if you ever want to go back reissue. and dig in and reissue mm-hmm. or re uh, yeah whatever. R E M. Gone. Man, really sad. Luckily, I think R E M has reissued most of theirs. I think so too. But that is a true loss. That sucks. Quit smoking at work, everyone.
2: Seriously.
1: Hey, I'm Joe Levy, and on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some, some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so, and a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
3: or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Noel, we're going to finish up with a few questions from the comment card box. This comes from uh, Farouk Barakat, great, great name. Do you guys have any plans to use movies as teaching material to your daughters in the future? If so, uh, which ones, Noel, have you already done this with your daughter to teach? I mean, I, one that comes to mind was Inside Out because it's so— It's funny you mention that. I have not yet watched that with Ruby, but it's on the list. It's, it's fantastic. She's probably a little too young like, to really get the full impact of it because it's really about like— Mental health and, like, managing your emotions and stuff. Oh, you know? she'd get it. Are you think so? Not, yeah. Not, she wouldn't know to call it mental health, She would, but she would understand, like, it's all about feelings that's and stuff. totally fair. Yeah. Um, it was a big deal for me to watch that with Eden, and I think it really was a good teachable kind of moment. Yeah. yeah that's for one for sure. Um, Obviously, the, the Disney and Pixar films have long, especially Disney, been used, uh, and maybe this is one of their purposes. I've, I've heard that they've made these movies to help teach kids about death. Because almost invariably in one of these Disney films, someone dies at some point. Uh, and that might be a good way to introduce your kids to that concept. You know? I agree. It's sad. It is. But uh, but life's got
2: uh, ups and downs. You, know? you, you might want to see sads.
3: Simba. Not Simba. Who died in The Lion King? Simba's dad? Mufasa. You might want to see Mufasa go before you see grandma or granddad go. 100%. And then you, know? you understand. Or your dog or your cat. Life, death is a part of life. You know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it can be a way in. I agree. But what you got to do, folks, you got to have the, the, the longer discussions. You can't let the movie do your job for you as a parent. Agreed. All right. Great question, Farouk. Great name. I wish I, wish it, I was Farouk. It's a good name. Kyle Peterson says this. What movie world or universe would you like to live in? Well... I feel like we've had this one before, but I think it could change. There's so many possibilities. I don't know if I've. Have we had this? Maybe um, someone. Maybe it's just parallel thinking because it's, it's an interesting question. I think I would pick. Uh, I've always been, especially as a kid, into things like Swiss Family Robinson and Mosquito Coast. Oh, cool. Treehouses and utopias, uh, little utopian worlds that you build yourself and a paradise, in a jungle. Uh huh. I yeah. love that stuff. And when I was a kid, boy, that really got me going. That would be cool. Wasn't there a Swiss Family Robinson ride or area at yes. Disney? It was a big tree that was that really cool with a big tree. That's right. Yeah, that was really uh, fascinating yeah, to me. That was too. really a big deal to me. I agree. Uh, what about you? What I mean, oh, besides gosh. Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings? Oh, obviously Harry or any, Potter. Any, just maybe just random psychedelic. Roles. I just want to go to Hogwarts <laughs> and trip on those chocolate frogs, baby. Psychedelic <laughs> Hogwarts. That's what. That's what. That's that's the life for me. That's probably a band. Uh huh. Psychedelic Hogwarts. Yeah. Uh, uh, what can can you think of one?
2: I just told you, dude. So oh, you know, like, for real? Was, no,
3: I don't know, man. Uh, I mean.
2: Some kind of weird, cool future world might be fun, you know, like uh, Blade Runner, but less dystopian. Or yeah. like, um, speaking of which, our buddy Daniela Ferlito, Ferlito right? Huh? He hit me up on uh, Facebook, and we're friends now. Oh, and nice.
3: he was really nice. And um, he's got a, a Blade Runner podcast that he does. Oh, okay. Was well, he yeah. the one? He was the one dropping the Blade Runner knowledge, he right? He dropped About the Blade the Runner knowledge. Yeah, and he's got a Blade Runner podcast. Well, let's shout that out. That is called. Uh, beyond the BladeCast, sh- called Shoulder of Orion. Okay, that's great. Yeah, it's called Shoulder of Orion, and he interviews like the sound designer Mark Mangini, like from Twenty Forty Nine. Wow, has, has interviewed like all these key like, really cool. Blade Runner people, and it's a really cool show. All right, I'm gonna have to check that yep, out. Recommend it highly Good for you, sir. That's great. You know, Janet Barney has this question because she plays the Mash Game on her JB Club podcast, which I've been a guest on, and it is wonderful. And Janet is the best. Um, you know what Janet did he, she made me perform with her improv group at Max weekend. oh cool weekend. how'd you do well I was the guest monologuist uh-huh. so what I do is I get up on stage they shout out something and I um, give a lot monologue about my life from a suggestion from the audience and then after two or three minutes I finish up and then the players uh, the work juice players get up and they improv off that story sort of like ASCAT that UCB does um, and Noel I was scared to do it But Janet, and I told her that night, she uh, is someone who is a good friend who has pushed me to do things in my career that I didn't think I could do, and then she helps me do them.
2: That's awesome. And
3: Mike is such – so mommies me through the experience, and I always come out of a Janet Varney experience like better. Mm Mm-hmm. And I told her that. That's really cool, dude. I've, I've always wanted to kind of take an improv class, but I'm a little intimidated. But I realize that so much of what we do on the podcast is kind of like that. Well, sure it's it all about just quick back and forth and yes anding and all uh-huh. that. Yeah. I think I would really enjoy it and possibly be okay at it. But I haven't done it yet. I want to do that, too. And I've always said just because I, I don't want to be an improv performer. I just think it helps. It could only help us exactly. in our Exactly. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to take like one of the low-level courses at this place locally called Dad's Garage that does it. Are you going to do that? I think I might do it. All right, no, I'm, I'm look into it. it. Depends on when the classes are. do They can't disrupt my lifestyle. I know, dude. I know. <laughs> All right. We're going to finish up, everybody, with Duncan Creamer, who says, who should play Trump in the inevitable biopic? Well. Wow. I couldn't bring myself to think about this, Noel. So what I did. I think we should just do them with CGI. well <laughs> <laughs> Just get some leftover from a Dr. Seuss yeah, movie. Exactly, and like the the, the, the Lorax. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: so I found an Esquire article who should star in the Fire and Fury TV series. Apparently that's getting a TV adaptation. And I got to say, they did a pretty good job of casting. And so I'm just going to read through what uh, Emma Dibden says on Esquire. Um, she has Martin Sheen down as Trump. I can see that. He's already played a president, though. So he may not be willing to tread in those waters. Maybe. And he's a famous lib. Like, yeah. who, who would want to play Trump? Unless it's, you know, like, oh, I get to, like, Alec Baldwin it. Totally. And make him look like a chump. I mean, you don't, he doesn't need any help with that. He's he won't play straight, straight. He just play it straight. <laughs> he you know? won't be the hero. That's for sure. Uh, interesting. Martin Sheen. All right. Um, they have Liz Hurley down for Melania Trump. Not bad. No, that is good. And I got to say, in these pictures... You see what they've done. They uh-huh. they found pictures where they look a lot Tell alike it. and are dressed sort of alike and did a little side-by-side. So check it out at Esquire.com. Um, they have, uh, for Ivanka, they have Katherine Heigl. Yes. I mean, look at that. Yes. Not bad. Very good. Close. And that's what you want is an approximation. Uh, for Jared Kushner, they have, uh, what's his face? That Miles Teller guy. Miles Teller. Which one is he? He's from uh, the the drum movie. uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Uh That's the drum movie. (laughs) Drumline. No. Drum. Oh 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 oh. Whiplash. 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 Yeah, of course. He doesn't look so much like him, but he's a good actor. They have (laughs) Will Arnett down for uh, Trump Jr. Of course, that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little too old. He is too old. Yeah. Uh, They have a guy named uh, Oh, he's from Mister Robot. Uh the villain Martin wallstrom for Eric trump
2: mm, not super familiar with him.
3: I sort of know that face that that's that's a clearly a he's punching up or punching down for Eric Trump. Eric Trump should be happy with that casting um they have Steve Martin as Mike Pence. I could see that. I found another list on a uh, look at Bob Odenkirk playing Sean Spicer. Oh, yes. That would be pretty good. I think you just get Melissa McCarthy to do it. She did it so well on SNL. Um, but up, here, let me go through these last two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, um, of course. We have Laura Dern as Kellyanne Conway. Not bad. Uh, Laura Dern is much, much prettier, but close enough. Um, They have... Uh, oh, that's not bad. Bobby Cannavale as Scaramucci. Will that, you do the Fandango? That totally works. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally... They have our old pal from the show, Casey Wilson, uh, who did our clue episode as Sarah Huckabee Sanders.
2: That's hmm. pretty good, too. Yeah. It's
3: close. Wow. Oh, wait, there is one more, Steve Bannon. Holy shit. Who is that guy? Michael Harney. They, oh, right. Yep. From Orange is the New Black. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. No, he's on this list that I've got here, too. Yeah. A, that, lot of, a lot of them are different, but that one is the same. That's pretty spot on. Really good. Uh, and then they have uh, Glee's Matthew Morrison as Paul Ryan, and James Cromwell as Robert Mueller, and then David uh, David Cross as Michael Wolf, the journalist. Oh man, that's pretty good. So those those are, 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 who do you got? Oh, it, 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 those are all great. Uh, there's a couple of interesting ones on this list. Um, let's see. Uh, Stephen Miller, you know, the kind of weird uh, neo Nazi uh, advisor to Trump. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stephen bald, Miller. Bald guy. Yeah. Total dick. Um, <laughs> Zach Braff as <laughs> uh, Stephen Miller. That'd be fun. They don't look anything alike, though. Well, Is I don't that know. someone just hates Zach Braff? <laughs> no, I mean, no. And that, that's the thing. You look at him side by side and you gave Zach Braff like a bald spot. I think it could oh. work. I think it could work. Um, and for Anthony Scarmucci, uh, John Hamm. That's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, John Hamm's way too handsome. He's, he's a little too handsome. I think you're probably right. kind of always handsome too, but John Hamm, come on. I know he's got he's got a real. Oh, uh, uh, they have Meryl Streep down for uh, Hillary. That was the last charisma. one. Charisma. Uh, Chaz Terry as Paul Manafort. That's pretty fun. Yeah, um, your list was better. I'm gonna move on. This you is think? this is really interesting. I can't wait. I mean, obviously, there's gonna be more than a TV series. It's gonna be like yeah, uh, it's, uh, rife. Boy, that's Steve Bannon. That is really that one's good. That one's really good. Yeah. Hope Hicks. I forgot about her. Uh, Allison Williams. Yeah, I could see that. Now, there is a thing that's already coming out where um, Kellyanne Conway is, is, is portrayed by, I want to say, like... Oh, is it is it the movie about, uh, not Rupert Murdoch, but the other guy? Because there is a biopic about him that, where Russell Crowe is playing him. That might well be it. I want
2: to say that Nicole Kidman is in it.
3: Russell Crowe is playing Roger Ailes okay. in the loudest voice, and boy, he really put on a lot of weight for this one. Interesting. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to rescind what I said. Uh, I, I want to say, who was the there was um the commentator that was like the the female anchor that you know Trump said was coming out of her ears or whatever. I don't remember. Remember she was like she she uh did a I, I think I know who you're talking about. That I can't she left her Fox name, no. News. She left Fox News. Uh, yeah. I think she blonde is prepared. Hair, yes, uh, yes. Uh, what's her name? Yeah, she did some of the debates. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's uh, played by um Michelle Pfeiffer, I think. Oh, I could see that. Good likeness. Indeed. I like seeing Michelle Pfeiffer in movies again. Seems like she took a break for a minute. All right. You got anything else?
2: Not really, man. This has been a good one.
3: All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be in your ear holes again next Monday. See you then. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: I'm Honey German. And I'm Carolina Bermudez. And and this this is is Life in in Spanglish. Spanglish. And you know we're cooking it up in here. We got that arroz con pollo waiting for you. Why are you looking at me so confused? Because I'm like, what we cooking? We don't (laughs) have a stove. (laughs) You got the bajo. I'll get, you know, you got the mango. We got it all for you at Life in Spanglish. I need a sancocho (laughs) if I'm getting any type of food. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: The Only Way is Through. A new podcast in partnership with iHeartRadio and Under Armour. Players, coaches, and athletes will share intimate and personal stories of performing at the highest level. This season, Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffet McGraw is battling a losing record.
2: Every game knowing you're supposed to win, that really weighs heavy on your shoulders. And I think I said at one point, wouldn't it be great to be the underdog again? My husband said, be careful what you wish for. And here we are.
3: Listen to The Only Way Is Through. Available now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.